It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, I'm joined by Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter to take a deep dive into Chet and why you should not have Poku PTSD or should you have Poku PTSD and what's going to happen in this year's draft class as well as diving into Shaden Sharp, who declared for the draft over the last week. All this coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we have another 2022 NBA draft profile and projection, giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is Chet Holmgren. We're joined by Richard Stamen. Richard, it's draft season. How are you feeling now as we enter the playoffs and get closer to the lottery and the draft? You know, uh, I'm almost just anxious to get to the NBA draft combine it happens in about two, three weeks now. I'm, I'm a little bit thrown off of the turn of the calendar at the month, but uh, sometime in the middle of May, it's happening. And that'll be a big turning point in the NBA draft season. And I think that one of the biggest turning points at that combine will be Shaden Sharp. If he elects to go there, participate in everything. What is your gauge on Shaden Sharp and, and kind of where would you slot him for the draft in general? Then also for a team like the Thunder who have an interesting roster construction, if they fall to pick four, five, six, seven, where would you see them grading out Shaden Sharp over a guy like Jaden Ivey or somebody else like that that might not fit their current roster construction completely? Yeah, you know, I I think at that point, he Sharp's a mystery. He's a really weird player to evaluate because all we have is high school tape. It's EYBL. And honestly, it's not even really that recent. Like uh, it, it's from over a year ago. Nothing we haven't seen a ton of late. It's a lot of draft workouts, and it's going to depend on um, on just how much teams value that. And and I think that's really the biggest unknown in this entire draft to us. In your opinion, with the film that you do have, where would you feel comfortable selecting him at if you were a GM right now? And obviously, again, a lot will play into the interview process, the private workout process, the the measurables, but. Just right now, if you had to make the decision today, where would you feel comfortable kind of sliding him in at? Yeah, so first of all, I want to preface my answer with this is my first time doing a real deep dive on a high school player that isn't just YouTube uh, clips that other people have already made. So I did this one myself, and uh, I so I may be way off base. I, again, I want to give that warning. I would say, um, you know, I would probably take him as early as four or five. If you're not comfortable with one of Chet, Ivy, um, he's the next in line for me. And that's where I'm at too. I, I have kind of uh, been a huge supporter of Shaden Sharp and I have him at four on my big board. If the Thunder don't get lucky, I could see him 
uh, as a swing worth taking for the Thunder if they don't get lucky in the lottery, uh, maybe even over a guy like Jaden Ivey. But uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Shaden Sharp. Uh, you're going to be on every week. So uh, we're going to have our prospect profiles. I did one yesterday on Jabari Smith. You can go back and listen to that. But today, it's all about Chet Holmgren. And Chet Holmgren, of course, is this 7-1, 195-pound, 20-year-old from Gonzaga that is a massive shot blocker and has guard-like skills. Seven-foot-tall, guard-like skills. Richard, why should we not be panicked by the Poku propaganda that we've already witnessed for the last couple of years, and now we see it with Chet Holmgren? Well, I'll start with the guard-like skills. You know, Poku tried being a point guard at times. And in high school, I guess Chet kind of did. But in college, we saw him be a different playmaker. We saw him be a post playmaker, someone who, when he would lead the fast break, that was when a lot of his playmaking came out. He didn't do a ton in the half court. Um, and I think that's a big difference for him. He, he doesn't play out of his role. He just plays within his role very well. And one of, that, one of those things within his role is that playmaking. But particularly outside of that, the defense is unreal. I mean, even with his skinny frame, and yes, he does get knocked over occasionally in post-ups, but his recovery ability is really strong. And honestly, he might have the best shot blocking instincts of any prospect over the last 10 years. So um, for me, the, those are two huge traits uh, and just that recovery ability and uh, an ability to time every shot. Yeah, I'm with you. I, personally, I'm not going to let whatever you feel about Pokachevsky deter me from evaluating Chet Holmgren or uh, envisioning him with the Thunder. Uh, of course, we can get into his fit with the Thunder later on and talk about how that correlates with uh, Pokashevsky. But just overall, it's pretty clear where people slot him at, somewhere within the top three. Uh, draft net is the lowest at four uh, with their evaluation of Chet Holmgren. What are the selling points? If I had to sit back here and have you sell me on Chet Holmgren, what are his biggest strengths uh, overall of his game? Yeah, so again, starts with that shot block timing. It's elite. Uh, his ability to block shots is really strong. I, I think he does obviously need to reduce foul trouble. Uh, that really starts with just staying on his feet a little bit more because uh, I think he can honestly block some shots from the ground. He doesn't. His arms are so long. His frame is ridiculous that he doesn't necessarily even need to leave his feet half the time. So if he just went vertical instead of going for the pump fakes, or excuse me, jumping on the pump fakes on, instead of going vertical instead of jumping on pump fakes is what I'm trying to say. I apologize that was word vomit, but that would be big. Um, also, just overall defense, his instincts are strong. Mediocre on the perimeter, but he's not a liability. And obviously that length and recovery ability helps. His shooting is very real. Uh, I have zero questions about it. The form is beautiful. The touch is good. And he's the second best trailer three-point shooter behind the guy you did the coverage for yesterday uh, with Jabari Smith. And when you have, even, even if the playmaking does not translate, which I think is a big, big swing skill for him because that was the whole unicorn thing for him, which is in high school, we saw him leading the break, bringing the ball at the floor, get, getting some crossovers in the half court. And he just hasn't really done a ton of playmaking uh, against higher level competition. But if you had an elite defender with a really good three-point shot as a center, that's a really valuable role. Now, you touch on the perimeter defense, and I think that defensively, uh, that's where I see a lot of the strengths for Chad Holmgren. Also, I like his offensive game, of course. But for me, I see his perimeter defense as, like you said, solid right now. But I do see some upside in him being able to be a modern NBA player how do you grade his upside defensively on the perimeter? Do you think he's a player that can not be play off the floor in the playoffs and can stay on the floor whenever whoever drafts him gets back into the postseason? 
Yeah, he's definitely going to stay on the floor. Um, one, that shooting ability neutralizes any weaknesses on defense. That Because, again, it's not like he's – we see centers getting played off, right? Um, Steven Adams has struggled because he's not a great perimeter defender and he can't stretch the floor. When you have that combination, you're going to get played off in the NBA, in the playoff at least. So Chet Holmgren doesn't have to worry about that, though, because even when he might have some lapses on switches, like, say, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell gets him on a switch, right? Sure, he might get exposed a couple times, but you know what? He can come right back on the next possession, hit a three, and if the guy and if Donovan just hit a two, you still won that that sequence. Coming up, let's talk about the weaknesses of Chet Holmgren's game and where you have him ranked within that top three of this draft. But today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy prop operator made easy. I love it. You will too. You can make easy entries picking two to five players an over-under on their projected numbers, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use their award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds and even steals. You can even have mixed sport entries. You can combine players from different sports as Price Picks Prize picks offers NBA, college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So you can take the over on Luka Doncic numbers and the under on Salvador Perez home runs this week if you want to at Prize Picks. For a limited time, only Prize Picks has an exclusive offer, no brainer deal for our listeners. Users get $50 for free if the player in your Prize Pick entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer. For our Locked On Thunder listeners, sign up today and use the code NBA, $50 for free if your player scores a single point in your first prize pick entry. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's say right now, go check out the Locked On Now Podcast. And not the recap show, recapping everything from out with the association the night before. And thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Richard, we're back talking Chet Holmgren. And this draft is not like it was last year. Last year, I tried to edge in Jalen Green at number one a few times with you and went back and forth with you. Uh, but this year, there is no clear-cut number one. There is no Cade Cunningham ball-hogging the number, the number one slot, right? We can do this conversation over the next two months and rotate who's number one almost every week just watching new film and, and, and learning new things about these guys, especially as the combine comes and we get more smokescreen out there from agents and, and teams about how guys are doing the pre-draft process. But what is it about Chet Holmgren, the negatives? If you get pick number one and you have all these guys laid out, you have Jabari Smith, you have Paulo Bencaro, and you have Chet Holmgren, what would stop you from taking Chet Holmgren number one if he's not the clear-cut answer? 
Yeah, I guess my thing is, is how likely is he to hit his highest ceiling? Because you look at Jabari Smith, his high ceiling is the best 3 and D player, I think, in the league at 6'10", uh, with potential as a finisher and creator. That's a clear number one candidate. Paolo Boncaro, number one scoring option is his upside. Jaden Ivey, I mean, we've seen the guards that if you have his scoring package and offensive package with some of his defense, that's a number one pick. Does Chet's ceiling, is his actually realistic? The other three feel very realistic, relatively speaking. Uh, Chet hitting his ceiling, however, requires what I've played off a little bit here, downplayed a little bit, is that playmaking ability. That's going to be his thing that separates him from good player to really strong, unique player where he could average four or five assists a game while putting up double-digit scoring, potentially double-digit rebounding in like two blocks, three, I mean, two blocks a game at a minimum. So that would be a really strong player, but what are the chances of that happening? And I, I really do think the playmaking ability and on top of it, let's, let's just address the obvious is what the NBA feels. So I, I'm just going to echo it. Is he going to be able to play an 82 game season? I mean, like, sure, most stars don't even do that anymore, but is he even going to be able to play 62 games? We don't know. There's no sign, luckily, of that answer being no yet because he just played a full season at Gonzaga with zero injury concerns. But who knows, because that frame is concerning. Look, you've had some fantastic takes on Locked on Thunder podcast over the last year, and you did it with the entire draft last year. And, of course, Evan Mobley is the next Kevin Durant. But I don't want to put words in your mouth, okay? I want to give you the fair shot. Of the top three candidates for number one, do you believe that Chet Holmgren has the highest ceiling but also the lowest floor? Hmm. I don't think he has the highest ceiling. I think he has the lowest floor. Who has the highest ceiling? Jabari Smith? I think it's Paolo. Really? Because, because uh, I don't want to do a preview episode here, but you get a potential number one score. He can play defense. That's a big if, though. Will he actually want to? I feel like he turns it on and on off too much. That scares me. And will his passing develop? If that, and I think the passing does develop. The defense is a little bit more concerning to me, but um, when you have a number one option that can pass at 6'10", as a small forward, power forward, that's that's the highest ceiling in the draft. So but I, I cannot wait to dive into Paolo now with you, now that, now that you think that he's also Kevin Durant. But uh, so we can now continue. <laughs> as I said, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just call him Kevin Durant on your behalf. But as we continue here on Chet Holmgren, <laughs> I watch Chet's game and I really like his interior scoring in college. But I do wonder can that interior scoring translate? And how worried are you about that interior scoring in the NBA? And am I just crazy? Like, do you think that he just doesn't have this great interior scoring that I do as he saw, as we saw in college? Well, to answer the, are you crazy? Did you hear what you just said about Kevin Durant without me even mentioning that word? So yes, no, but uh, I, I think with him, the interior finishing will work because I am a firm believer that length matters just as much as on offense as it does on defense. I think it's a super overlooked thing because when you're finishing just think about the extension right you're doing a layup uh, and i'm realizing i'm doing this off camera and now i'm blocking the camera but say you're doing a layup you do have a scoop finish is why donovan mitchell for example is so good at the scoops is because he has such long arms where he can keep extending uh you've seen space jam uh you know how michael jordan got that crazy game winner in, a, in that documentary and i, I do think it's called space jam a documentary <laughs> okay yeah, you call him Paolo Kevin Durant for me. I can I can say my own crazy things too. No, but length does matter. So I think Chad will be able to finish at the rim because of things like that, because he can just extend over guys. I mean, I've seen Kristaps Porzingis do that for years. 
I, I really do think it matters. And I think the big, the bigger question for me is, will he be able to finish against contact? Cause that is a massive question mark for me. So we mentioned his frame, but I want to dive deeper into that frame. And how are you judging him as a prospect, as a player? Because I feel like in certain conversations with, with guys around the draft, you, you see certain people saying, well, you know, how many big guys are there to to go up against? How many Joel Embiid types are there? And, and if you do run up against Joel Embiid and your frame can't contest with him, well, who can contest with Joel Embiid in the NBA? That's why he's the, the scoring champion. So where's the line between giving a guy a pass and, and saying that, you know, well, his frame won't be exposed as much because there's only a certain amount of download players that play old school basketball and then also the line between that and being genuinely worried about how he can stick around the NBA given his frame. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and I have a bias in this process, and I'm not comparing myself to an NBA player. I, I want to make this abundantly clear. But uh, I do worry because I've been injured from going through screens when I was super skinny. Um, I do know that screens are actually very painful, uh, and it can be a spot where some guys just do get injured. We see it in the NBA. I mean, how many times do you see guys take massive hits? I mean, even in Oklahoma City, you remember the car, or sorry to bring this back, but Carl Anthony Towns absolutely decked. I don't remember who it was for the Andrew Wiggins game winner like five years ago. And I don't know, the screens hurt, man. Like that's where I kind of worry about him. So say, you know, I don't know who's going to screen him that hard, but like it doesn't worry me. The Joel Embiid, that stuff like who's going to guard Giannis? Who's going to guard Embiid? Okay, ask that about literally every player and you're going to get 90% of them can't. So stop worrying about that. I worry about how's he going to fare against um plays where he can't get a rebound over Steven Adams for example who is the strongest player in the league um you know guys like him that they really worry me where it's how's he going to counter strength that's really where my line is I don't really care about the how's he going to guard the MVP whatever that's that's not really a concern so for me it's just how can he overcome strength and the the physical limitations he have where it has where guys ahead of him are better at and that's where I think that these podcasts are so helpful for you know the listener, uh, you know, because I think that most people just view frame, size, strength as defending on the low block. When in reality, it's just quote unquote everyday life, so to say. Obviously, like it, the same was everyday life, but like it's just the natural progression of a basketball game that you don't even think of. Just throwaway plays where you get screened at the elbow, like that. That over time adds up. Like you might not see it happen. In that moment, it might not be a, a Steve Adams screen on Patrick Beverly where he just goes and dents the floor because Adams just laid him out. Like it might not be that, but when you keep running into Steven Adams four times a game, and then two nights later you're running into Joel and B four times a game, and then two nights later you're running into just continue listing NBA centers, then how does that frame stack up? So it's not always about how can he limit guys defensively, it's how can he weather the storm of getting boxed out nine and I how can he how can he weather the storm of these screens and things like that? And I think that that gets lost when we talk about frame so you should worry about the frame but not in the way you're worrying about it right now dude that, that is spot on that is that is absolutely beautiful save that i'm clipping that when this is published and and using that forever we can use it in our community mock drafts and, and you know what richard whenever i posted yesterday's mock draft i got like five mentions like why did you take shade and sharp because i just got done hyping up shade and sharp on the last locked on thunder podcast can i can i, I was just about like to take them can I for like 30 seconds just give a side piece on this? Uh, side piece is the wrong word. Side tangent. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I don't know what happened to me last week, but I could not read to save my life. I had about seven on my account instances where I just read something horribly wrong. So I wrote down what you wrote. I was like, wow, he took Jaden Sharp number four. Because you go, I'm going to take Jaden Ivy, but I'm thinking about Sharp. And I just woken up and I read it and I'm like, oh, wow, he took Sharp four. This is crazy. And I really thought you hadn't. Honestly, it didn't really bother me that much. But that was that was my uh, little tangent before we get into Sharp. See, with Shaden Sharp, I, I literally said in the groups, I was like, I really want to take Shaden Sharp here. I really want to make a splash like my father, Sam Presti, would. But I'm going to stick with Ivy so I don't get killed by this entire mock draft group chat that we're in. And they all just kind of can all come from my neck. But I will be taking Shaden Sharp at four next time or wherever the Thunder end up in the lottery. Unless it's number one. Of course, I'm going to think it's number one. But Shaden Sharp is one of my guys in this draft. He is my number four prospect on my big board after the consensus top three, and I'm very excited about him uh, entering this draft. Coming up, though, let's see where Chet Holmgren falls in terms of availability, his ceiling, his floor, his NBA comp, and also his future fit with the Thunder and roll with OKC. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is the best place to place your bets. Bet Online is your number one source for betting stats and sports info. Find them as sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the OMB season. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Go to the website today or even use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. And folks, it's so easy. You go to your, your URL and you type in betonline.net, sportsbook, and then let's put on some postseason basketball. And as soon as you click on sportsbook, it's going to load. You go to basketball, you go to NBA basketball games, and we can see the Mavericks are two and a half point favorites at home today in the AAC against the Jazz in game five, a must-win game for both sides. Let's go Mavs minus two and a half so Richard can have a very happy uh, Monday night as he's attending the game tonight, game five, in the American Airlines uh, Center. So go check out BetOnline wherever you get internet access. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's say right now, go check out Lockdown NBA for a national perspective every single day on the association. And Richard, let's continue diving into Chet Holmgren and his availability is pretty clear. The Ringer has him at three. ESPN has him at one. The Athletic has him at two. Bleacher Report has him at two. CBS at one. NBC at two. DraftNet the lowest at four. Tankathon at one. My big board, he's at two. And on yours, he's at three. So I take it for you. He's behind both Paulo and Jabari. Yeah, so I actually have uh, I actually have Chet at four behind Jaden as well. I must have saved the wrong link then. My bookmark link yesterday took me to your big board, and it had him at three. So you have him at four now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did he fall with? Uh, how did he fall for you? I saved your February twenty first big board. That's my mistake. I gotta go up. <laughs> You're good. But uh, how did he fall below uh, Ivy? I just started watching more Ivy. Man, he he blew me away. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Ivy. I was skeptical that his pace and like almost out of controlness, if you will, uh, was going to limit him, but I, I don't see that anymore. And I think the defense is legit and I think the shot will come around. So it's hard to doubt him. I think. I think that with Ivy, again, I have to preface this by saying as an individual player, I really like his game. I just worry about his game for the thunder. For me, I have Chet, uh, below, uh, Jabari Smith right now is, I think Jabari Smith's going to be my locked in number one. I, I, of course, this can all be revolved around uh, this draft season. You know, there's no clear cut number one, 
just the more that I watch Jabari Smith, the more I fall in love with him. So I have him number one. I will say, though, for me, I can see myself dropping Chet to three very easily as we get more info on Paulo and as you just watch more Paulo film throughout this process. I, I just think that Chet will end up settling in number three for my big board as we get into big board two and three and four for me on this podcast. But either way, for me, he's a top three guy. I don't see him falling below Sharp or Ivy uh, on my big board. But what is his ceiling to you and his floor and kind of, again, just alleviating some of the Poku PTSD that, that fans have. What do you see his NBA game looking like? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to be a bona fide, especially the first two years, like almost three and D big, right? Like he's, uh, he's going to protect the rim. He's going to be asked to protect the perimeter a little bit more than he should. That'll be a big learning curve for him. And then he's going to be spotting up trailer threes, um, corner threes. He can really hit any any part of three-point shot, but he'll be out there bringing the big out of the paint. I, I think that with Chet Holmgren, his NBA comp by Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, is Rudy Gobert with uh, perimeter skills. <laughs> and so uh, what is your NBA comp for Chet Holmgren? Did you give me that look? See, I, I don't I don't like using all-stars a lot. I know like at the top it's a little bit different, uh, but his he, he's not – He's never there's one player and one player only that might earn the Rudy Gobert with the jump shot, and he's not in this draft class. So, and that is Victor Wembanyama, also from France. But um, no, uh, no, let's leave Rudy Gobert's name out of it. He's not not as good of a defender, um, just the way it is, because Rudy Gobert is the best defender in the NBA. His game is more likely to be the best. The best way I've always been able to put it. I don't know who was. There's no one to one. Like there's just none. There's let's put that to an end. He's not Porzingis because he's not as good of a shooter more instincts more better better instincts especially on defense um just not him so for me i go with if imagine if mo bamba had been hit his 50 percent outcome right that's probably the realistic area for for where chet is because right now mo hit like 25 like he hit he he busted like there's no nice way to put it he has not been good and the issue with him is everything has to be spoon fed this is why i'm very concerned about him in his next contract is the Magic do everything for him. They play a two-big system where, uh, and I don't mean to make this a Mo Bamba tangent, but they play a two-big system where him and Wendell Carter, it works that Mo Bamba will get his because he's either stretching the floor or right under the rim. And Wendell Carter does all the dirty work to set those up, and the guards do too. And on defense, he just kind of camps right next to the paint so he's not getting three in the key to get those blocks. Now imagine if Chet was the only big doing the same things, but having to create, or Mo, I guess, had was the only big and had to kind of create those plays on both ends, kind of rotate over to get to the three-point spot, find the open opening on the perimeter, and then also knowing where the driver or shooter, wherever they're going to go, wherever the guys are going to go next, you're ahead of the play. Mo Bamba doesn't do that. And again, I don't mean to just crap on Mo Bamba, but this is what Chet Holmgren could do is a more advanced, higher feel for the game version of Mo Bamba on both ends. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. With the Thunder specifically, how do you how do you kind of grade him out? If if I tell you today he's a member of the Thunder program, he's going to be in this you know, environment, this developmental system that the Thunder have put together, and be next to Josh Giddy, be next to SGA. How do you view Chet Holmgren panning out in this system? I like it. I like it a lot because um, again, I I refuse to doubt Oklahoma City. I mean, they've made some guys that really had no business ever even playing an NBA game into like borderline rotation players. So it's it's impressive what they do. I think it's the best landing spot for a project to go to. And because of that, I do like the landing spot for Chet. And also he's their first real center they have now in the rebuild. So um, I really like that fit a lot. I think he can play on the perimeter. And honestly, it might play to his strengths in growing his ball handling. Like that, I said it every single segment of the show, ball handling is going to be a swing skill for his ceiling. That could be a big difference maker. And we'll see kind of how he ends up for me. I, I have this rotational fit with the Thunder a starter from day one, as all these top guys would be. Uh, the roster impact, uh, not really any, because I think the Thunder are just in love with Pokashevsky and give him room to grow. But how much room do you give him to grow if you have Chet become what you hoped Poku could become at pick 16 uh, as, as kind of a long shot, shot in the dark type of thing uh, in terms of a unicorn type of player? Uh, why the Thunder should take him, in my opinion, is that they are in the top three and that he is a unicorn that Sam Presti's always wanted and he could be a generational, generational talent. Why the Thunder shouldn't take him? He has a bigger bus factor to me. And also they just like somebody else in the top three that, that these, why the Thunder shouldn't take guys like Jabari Smith, Paul Carroll and Chet Holmgren. They're all going to be the same. The only reason you shouldn't take these guys really is because you like somebody else on the board. Like other than that, there's not really other ways to deter you from taking these guys. But for me, I have Jabari Smith still number one over Chet. We'll have our Paul and Carroll player profile projection that we can see if he knocks off Chet, if he knocks off uh, Jabari Smith for me, but I don't think he will. Although, you start comparing to Kevin Durant like Richard did earlier today and you, and you uh, get into a different conversation. But Richard, uh, let them know where they can find your podcast and all your work that you do around the draft as we continue our voyage into another draft process. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at KDTray5. Uh, no, nah, <laughs> nah, you can find all my stuff. It goes through Twitter, at MavsDraft. Anything I post to my site, MavsDraft.com. I do scouting reports, big boards, mock drafts. I do these community mocks every single week. Um and yeah, everything we posted there. And I do with Raphael on and locked on NBA big board every Tuesday. So um, yeah, that's, you can find everything again, though. I post it all on Twitter. And you want to stay here on lockdown thunder. Cause we'll talk to Richard every single week, especially as we get into the combine and kind of why you should pay attention to the combine, what you should pay attention to at the combine and also the draft lottery and the entire draft process, what we're hearing from agents and, and what we're hearing around the draft. So make sure you're locked in here to Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.